All right, folks, for the download button on Survivalist Podcast. And as always, folks, you can catch all of our old shows, survivalistpodcast.org. That's the website. And, of course, soundcloud.com slash survivalistpod in all places where fine podcasts are available. Uh, Also, too, folks, I do want to bring up as well that we have the new group. I'll link to it in the show notes. uh, Survivalistpod.local. It is a new group that we are doing survivalistpod.local.com excuse me and what it is is it's linked with uh, rumble and we're going to start doing rumble videos we're going to start doing uh, other things as well but this is going to be a like a community driven thing uh where if you guys want to sign up for five bucks a month uh and support us we really would appreciate that that's how we're going to subsidize i think it's better than the ads uh because you guys seem to really like the all the stuff we're doing and uh, i like to give you more content if we can and if you guys are willing to pay for it i would rather give you something for your money rather just run ads so uh, again survivalpod.local.com and that's how we're going to go ahead and support the show really appreciate that i took a couple a couple weeks off not gonna lie I had to take some time off i had a couple things going on also too had a uh had a horrible case of laryngitis i just couldn't shake and it's kind of hard to do a podcast when you have a laryngitis, it's a little bit difficult. So took a little time off from that for a while, but uh, figured I'd get another show out doing here on my little mobile rig here on my ride on my ride home. Uh, really like this thing. Like, see, if you guys ever want to start a podcast, the Tamsin is a great company, a wonderful recorder, and uh, I've also started using. A couple of you guys noticed the audio cleared up a lot better. Uh, when I'm at my home rig, it's not a problem, but when I'm on my mobile rig, the sound quality sometimes isn't the greatest. But I uh, been messing around a lot with uh, adobe audacity and i've been uh, cleaning up the audio and noise filters and all that i'm really getting to be quite the quite the pro editor i guess you would say so we have that going on as well so i've been messing with that stuff but the news obviously has been a lot of it but especially with this whole bank thing that's going on right now with the silicon valley bank it's just a really a shame this got so blown out of proportion by the media and it really is quite upsetting because, you know, the media kind of blew this out of proportion. It, it's only one bank, uh, one or two banks, that's it. And they're in a unique situation because of their clientele. And I really think it's really horrible the way they, they hyped this up. And they were talking about it's going to be a run, people are going to make runs on the bank and, and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously Biden had to come and say, hey, you know, there's you know, money safe. We're going to, you know, we're going to protect it and all that kind of stuff. But What's really upsetting to me is how the news typed it up. I mean, let's put it this way. It really wasn't that big of a story. It was big, it was big on Twitter. I would say the majority of people didn't know about it unless they were on Twitter. Then all of a sudden, the media, news media got a hold of it, and it just freaking exploded. And then they were afraid that since the story got so big, that the people are going to do runs in the bank, and then they were saying it's going to crash the economy. People aren't going to get their paychecks, and all that kind. Of, and it was only like one, two banks. That was it. And I mean, it really was an overblown story. Couldn't it have been much worse? Yes. But until the mainstream media got their fingers in it and blew it up, uh, really, it really was not going to be. It really wasn't going to be that big of a deal. It was one bank. It was Silicon Valley Bank. They're in a unique situation because all they do is banking for startups. So you have people that, say, get their get their money 
from, from say, their investors. They invested, so they got $50, $60 million sitting in a checking account, which isn't FDIC-insured. You're only insured up to 250000 And then you carry a separate insurance policy for all the money that's in that, that you have over that. Uh, I forget the name of the insurance off the top of my head, but there, but there is a – I forget. I think it's called float insurance, something like that. I forget the – don't quote me on the name of it. but And there's an insurance that you have for all that kind of over to that. And what happened was the bank – the bank wasn't the kind of bank that gave out loans, really, like, like mortgages and stuff like that to make their money back. So the bank, in order to make money, was investing in all these treasury bonds. But as we all know from watching the news, the treasury and all that, the, those bonds and all the yields are like 60 cents on the dollar. You have to wait till they cash out. That's the way those kind of things work. And the other problem with that being is that every time they raise the, the Fed raises the interest rates, the value of those bonds go down. And obviously, what is the they've been doing raising the interest rate? So, what was happening was, I guess, a couple of rich investors decided just to tell their companies that they had invested in to say, "Hey, pull your money out of Silicon Valley Bank. It's not safe. The bank doesn't have a whole lot of working capital. I'm concerned about it. Pull your money out." So they went, and so a bunch, a couple of them went and did that. Well, that caused a big issue, big problem. And then they were afraid that people were going to make runs on the banks and withdraw their money. And then there wouldn't be any money in the banks for people and stuff like that. And it just really was terrible. I I know some people probably did out of fear, but completely blown way out of proportion. Like I said, it's one bank. They're not a big bank. And and that when it was just really the whole thing got blown way out of proportion by the news media. Uh, It's really a shame that that happened. Uh, looks like everything's okay now. Obviously, the president came in and said, you know. But my my other issue with this is is not even so much the president and what he did because I understand if you're a money person, you want to make sure your money's safe. I do get it. Uh, if I had investments, I sure as anything wouldn't want my m- lose all my money over the bank and not being FDIC insured. That's the reason why we have the FDIC because banks sometimes we're we're not we're taking people's money and then they couldn't give it back to them and stuff. But the reason, what the, the thing that really gets to me about this whole situation is, a bunch of those startups that needed their money protected were cryptocurrencies, which are literally companies that are always like, oh no, we don't, you know, we don't want the bank touching our, we don't want the government involved, we don't want the banks involved. But yet in this case, they're like, hey, Mr. Government, come help us, we need help, you know. And that, so it's like, well, wait a minute, you guys are always saying crypto is the future. And then you don't want decentralized, you don't want the government involved, but in this case, you sure as hell do, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So I think that uh, these companies, at times, they're they're very much they're they're anti-government, but they're they want the government. And the government's going to save them. So I thought that was an interesting thing to talk about with this whole situation with the banks. But the other thing people don't realize is that the government kind of caused this problem too, with constantly you know low you know upping interest rates. And causing those those treasury bonds to keep going down in value, or even having to buy them so they can make money on them, because right now they're worth like I think what sixty cents on the dollar. So I actually don't really blame the government for actually coming in and having to kind of fix this, because them raising the interest rate kind of caused this problem too. If I'm being honest with you, and a lot of people don't realize that is they're saying, well, the government, you know. The government's sticking their nose in again. And I'm like, well, the government kind of caused this problem with the interest rates going up and up and up and up. So we'll have to wait and see, you know, like I said, what, what you know, what happens, what transpires. It's like everything's going to be okay now. There are some, you know, 
other things happening. There may be another bank that may bail out another bank, some of that you've I'm sure we've all seen online. But for the most part, the government's saying that your money is safe and you have nothing to worry about and, you know, kind of just go on your life now. And a lot of these startups, I don't blame them, too, because that money is so important to them because, you know, they th- that money buys you years of runway that you can pay your staff, pay your you know salaries, pay your bills. Uh, you know, these sites, if you don't pay your hosting bills, they take your servers down, some of that. You obviously have to pay your staff. And so I do understand the concern. But, you know, like I said, everything's going to be just fine. And the, other, the bank is also, like I said, they also had some issues with this, too, in the sense of they didn't have a somebody on staff. That there's, I think every bank is supposed to have a risk advisor for them. They didn't have that. They had just fired him and they never they had fired the person. They never rehired them. There was a whole lot of issues with that. So, like I said, all that has been resolved now. So if any of you did have any money in Silicon Bank, know your your money is safe. And this that whole story, like I said, the media really, really blew, in my opinion, blew it out of proportion. Like I said, it's one or it was one or two. They're big. They're not. I mean, they're big banks since they have a lot of money in them, but they're not. I mean, they're not huge banks. It's not like you know, Bank of America, you know, or anything like that, or any of those big, huge national banks. It's one bank in you know, one a couple, of, a couple of banks in Silicon Valley. That's it. So, like I said, it's not a big company. But also, you know, but the other the other thing too, um, and a lot of people said, well, why didn't somebody else just buy the bank? And I didn't I didn't know this. Apparently, in banking laws, that's something. If you're a lawyer, that's something you can specialize in. Just in that, uh, I know banking laws, especially, are a very particular thing. And banks can only have X amount of deposits a day, or otherwise they're cons- they're considered uh, too big or something like that. It's all part of the whole situation with the rules that were put in place in 2008, which, I mean, got taken off and I think it was 2018, which kind of caused some of this problem with Silicon Valley Bank. But uh, some of the other banks, literally, I think they said like like Bank of America, uh, I think it was Chase Bank and some of the other bigger banks, maybe Capital One, uh, they basically couldn't buy the other bank because their deposits are literally run up right up against that, that threshold that a bank is allowed to have. So... Like I said, it was interesting, too, because a couple people said, why not somebody else just buy the bank? But apparently that's these bigger banks can't because they're, they, they have to go by these certain laws. And banking laws itself is so confusing. There's so much of all things. You have lawyers that just specialize in banking law. And like I said, that's kind of, you know, kind of where you're at with this. So but like I said, all that's kind of getting worked out and everything's kind of moving forward. So that whole thing, which was blown way out of proportion, got blown up online. It, you know, it, it became... You know, it became like everything else. Sometimes it's online. It gets crazy. And then once the, the media picked it up and all that kind of stuff, it just got out of hand. So, but like I said, at least everything's safe now. So some other things uh, as well I wanted to bring up. Uh, last podcast or the podcast before last, we brought up uh, Stephen Crowder with Louder with Crowder. Uh, he has announced that he is going to be moving, coming, I believe it's this week, to uh, Rumble. He's going to be having his own subscription-based service. Uh, a lot, a lot of media attention around it. A lot, but probably because Rumble signed him to such a big deal, and I think they gave him equity and stuff like that. Uh, it's very similar to what Howard Stern did when he joined Satellite. They gave him a big load of money plus equity in the company. But uh, you know, he's saying he's got to do a subscription service because you know he, you know, otherwise he's going to be demonetized and stuff like that. And like I said in the last podcast, that really isn't that common. You know, these companies buy you with the. You know the emphasis that they're going to make money because you know they're they're basically leasing your content, and they're going to monetize it, and make money with it behind a paywall. Well, 
you get taken down off any of the other media services, that's less, you know, less traction for them. So they were going to dock his pay and he didn't want to do that. So now he's starting a subscription service very similar to what has already been done with, with you know, right-wing media, stuff like, you know, uh, Anthony Cumia, Gavin McGinnis. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of people have done it. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's getting a lot of press about it because I think he's like the biggest one Rumble's ever signed. So there's a lot of press to it. But, you know, he it, it's any of those those kinds of deals where, you know, Rumble's going to sign him. They're going to partner with him. They're going to put his content, you know, out there. And, you know, it's going to be behind a paywall and the subscri- subscription base and all. I mean, it's just, he's basically going to give you an hour for free. And then the next hour or so is going to be behind the paywall. A little bit different than what, than what some people do, but again, similar business model. It's very similar to what you know. Well, Spotify, you know, is all all their podcasts are free on there, but you know, you have to do. But we're talking like, but I'm trying to think. What, like Podcast One is a popular example of that where the first like ten shows are free, and then after that, you have to buy it to get the archives. Uh, he's going to do like an hour free every day, and then the second hour is going to be paid. Again, not really a, a new business model. Uh, Satellite did this for a while with like Opie and Anthony and Stern, where you'd get like, you know, an hour or half hour for free. And then if you wanted the rest, you had to pay for it. They did this early on. Like I said, there's a lot of uh, subscription services that do this now. But he's going to, like I said, he's joining Rumble. And like I said, he's doing his mug club like he always did. And it's going to be subscription-based, all-supported subscription-based, plus monetization from whatever con- people watch his content on Rumble. You know, again, not really a new business model, but, I mean, it's been making waves because, you know, he turned down a 50... 50- the only reason why I think it's making waves is because he turned down $50 million to do his own thing because he's so dedicated in this movement that, you know, right-wing media and all that kind of stuff. So he's... That's why it's all all about this. But, you know, the, I, I do understand his frustration as well as a lot of other create content creators. And we always, you know, right wing media always gets kind of picked on the worst. But, you know, one of the things that and, and I understand the situation of it's Facebook's, you know, it's their terms of service. It's Twitter's terms of service. It's Rumble's term, you know, or YouTube terms of service. But. You know, the, the, the prop, you know, and I get it. If it, it's their terms of service, you want to play, you have to play in their sandbox, you have to play by their rules. But, you know, it, the whole situation of we're going to take something down if it's not true. But look at how much of that stuff that, that everybody claimed was propaganda, fake news, not true, uh, ended up turning out to be true. Um, you know, the whole the Wuhan lab that's turning out. They're saying now that's probably going to be true. Uh, they're saying, they're, let's see what else there was uh, that was true. There's a couple different things they talked about, especially COVID specifically jumped out at me because that was a big one. But and that's kind of when all this stuff started with the fake news and all that kind of stuff and all that kind of BS. But, you know, like I said, the Wuhan lab and and all this other stuff. And then uh, obviously, remember, and, and I, don't, I don't really think it's, it's really stupid anyway. The whole thing with the Hunter Biden laptop being the New York Post or uh, tweet being taken down and, and stuff like that. I mean, I, I do think that it's it is very common you know it's something that was around before covid but covid really amplified it a lot of content creators now have to really watch what they say because they're afraid of being taken down or demonetized and all that sort of thing but you know it, what my, my my issue is and i brought this up to people before is say somebody gets there and i'm not gonna i don't have anybody specific but i'm just gonna use this as an example say somebody for example gets 
gets demonetized or the YouTube channel gets taken down because of propaganda or because fake news, whatever you want to call it. Well, what happens now that that news, what, two years later, year and a half later, what, however long it's been, that news is now, is now turns out that it is true. Well, okay, maybe at the time people thought it was, you know, fake news, but it was true. Well, now, shouldn't that person be allowed to come back on now? I mean, if, if we're holding people to the standard of, you know, we're going to judge you by what was said 20 years ago by today's standard, because that, that's, that's what cancel culture really is. Why aren't we? Ju- why aren't we doing? Why aren't we? We we kind of doing the reverse of that now. I mean, if we if we can, if we can if we can judge somebody by something they did twenty years ago, why don't we? You know, if somebody does something now, and we think it's fake, and then we take them down. Why don't we put them? First of all, I don't think it's right that they take them down. Second of all, why aren't they putting them back on? Why can't you put that person back on? Okay, look at how many videos got taken down because of COVID propaganda that now we're finding out really were true. You know, there are side effects of the vaccine. There's no, you know, I mean, that, that, that's true. I'm not saying don't get vaccinated because that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that there, there was side effects from the vaccine. That was true. Okay. The Wuhan lab thing, that is true. Uh, China lying about the numbers. That's turned out to be true. There's a lot of things that turned out to be true that people got their, uh, got their content or videos pulled down because of it. And, and now that we're finding out these things are true, why aren't these things being put back online? Why, why isn't somebody that got demonetized or deplatformed, you know, getting put back online? Now, I know you could say, well, they just went someplace else already. And I, OK, maybe that is true. But either way, I mean, say, say that video was demonetized and it's still up. Why is that video being monetized now? You know, I mean, or why isn't that podcast being put back up on, on Apple? You know, uh, you know, I think part of the thing that is, I think, attractive to to me, especially about Rumble. And, and believe me, you guys, you guys who listen to me for a while, you know, I'm, I'm more libertarian. I'm kind of live and let live uh, rather than, you know, right or left. But. You know, my, my whole feelings about it is why, why isn't that whole thing being, why aren't people being put back on now? If that stuff's turning out to be true, you know, why aren't these people, good? Why, why isn't YouTube or, or any of those companies reaching out to people and saying, hey, you know, we got to, you know, we got to put this, you know, we got to put this stuff back on. And, and how, and how about people, let's, let's use a prime example. How about people like Joe Rogan, who, who was doing stuff and other podcasts are being taken off Spotify because of what they said. But Joe Rogan wasn't. And I'll tell you exactly why, because Joe Rogan makes them a buttload of money. Every time they run an ad on his show, I think it's like they think they make half a million or a million dollars. Okay, they are not. Spotify cannot risk losing that income. They paid him one hundred thousand dollars, two hundred to two hundred million dollars. Okay, they can't lose that that income. They need to run million-dollar ads to pay for his contract. They can't lose that, but he's saying stuff that you're taking other podcasts down for, but because those podcasts are independent podcasters, they're independent content creators like myself, doesn't matter. But the fact that Rogan's got a, got a hefty contract and that he makes them a ton of money, all of a sudden he's not? That's not fair, is it? That's, that, again, that's typical America, good almighty dollar BS, right? Or all this stuff that they found out about Fauci now that's coming out. Okay, what? Why isn't? Why isn't the? Why aren't these people being allowed? You know, put those put those tweets back up, put those you know, remonetize those videos, do all that stuff. Why aren't apologies being issued to these people? Okay, I mean, I, I, it's I mean, it's not right. I, I'm on the for. I'm on the side of what is right is right, and 
if you're going to take people down or demonetize people for what they've done, and if you know Silicon Valley, you know big tech, which has been untouched, unmonitored, un, you know nothing ever happens to them. Okay, there, there's no there's no regulation, nothing like like there was back in the '90s with Microsoft some of that. If they're allowed to do all this, then then why aren't why is nobody you know what? Why is nobody do? Why is nothing being done? What? Why is you know they, they're being allowed? You know if they're allowed to be the little keepers of their little gateway, and there's going to be no, you know, nothing with moderation or or anything like that. You know, but if if big tech is going to be the the gate holders of the internet, why aren't they? You know, what and why? Why is it not? Why are they not? Why are they not being held accountable? There should be somebody there at the Congress or Senate, President, whatever, should be saying to them, hey, you know what, you know, we're going to regulate you or, hey, we got to talk about this whole situation or, or, or no, no, nothing, nothing happens because the, 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 there's no money in, in that. And there's no money in, in protecting content creators, you know, and the, but there's money in protecting these big companies that pay big taxes, you know. And, and that's and, and the same thing. And these companies, by the way, too, I like to point out too that these companies have gotten screwed in the long run, uh, in in certain things. Uh, prime example, and and I, and I want to bring this up because this is something else that we've talked about on the podcast before, and I just found this out. So, uh, a lot of people have talked about all the layoffs. Actually, Facebook just announced they're going to be doing another round of layoffs. Uh, I guess they're giving up on that whole bit, their whole Bitcoin thing or whatever they were doing, but they're laying these people off now. Everybody says, well, they're going to get. They're going to get two or three months severance pay. Okay, well, first of all, they have to. By law, in Canada and California, if you're going to lay somebody off, you have to give them at least two months severance pay. Okay, that's the law. Now, everybody says, well, that's a good law. Well, it is a good law because people will get paid for their salaries. And and anybody getting laid off, I feel bad for because that remotely affects your whole life. You did nothing wrong, and now you're going to lose your job. So I do feel bad for any of those people. I really, really do. But let's look at this from the other side of it. You as a company are laying somebody off to try to save money. Now you're being forced to pay two months additional salary, okay? And you're going to have to give them some sort. I believe they have they have to at least pay two months worth of, of salary. But I think they also are required to give them a severance package, I think. Don't quote me on that. But I know for sure it's the two months. Okay. While that is a great law and it protects the people and gives people two months of cushion to find another job, there's also a reason why the government did that in California. It wasn't all just to, oh, we want to protect the, you know, the workers here in California, which California did big. Uh, I mean, California does have a lot. I mean, a big workforce there, especially with Silicon Valley. But there's another reason for it, too. The company, say Google or Facebook, who are laying off, right, has to pay two months salary. Well, they also, too, since they're paying the two months of salary, the go- the state, California, gets out of paying two months of unemployment because those two months you're getting paid goes towards your unemployment benefits. So yeah, is it nice of them? It absolutely is is nice of, of California to have that law to protect the workers. I agree with that. But it also is a nice way of, of, Cal- of, of California getting out of paying two months of unemployment because that's the first question they ask. Did you get your two months severance pay? People say all the time, well, they just want to check to make sure you got it. No, they also want to make sure that they're not going to, they didn't, they don't pay it because, you know, <laughs> believe me, that whole thing is, believe me, that whole thing is just, while it's a great law and it's there to protect the people, it's also there to help the government too. Don't ever think, anybody that's listening right now, don't ever think the government 
does anything to protect you. Is there things that protect you that they do? Absolutely. But nothing, their mind, very rarely does the government ever do anything with you in mind. It's all done for them. And if it comes down and, and helps you, that's great. But it's mostly, it's always done for them or for votes. Because like it or not, every time Biden comes on the news and any of them, it's not just Biden. Trump's done it. They've all done it. Any of them that come on and forgive student loans, okay, that's all that all that does is buy votes. That's what that does. Because every time they forgive student loans, that is without a doubt going to buy them some votes. And they know that. And that's why they do that. Now, yes, does it help a lot of college kids? Absolutely. Uh, okay, great. I didn't get mine forgiven, but whatever. Okay? But that also now buys them votes. Okay? It's not done just because, oh, the government was trying to help you out. No. There's a motive involved with it, and it's called we need to, we we need to protect we need to uh, we need to buy votes. What's the way we can make the taxpayers pay money and get us votes? And that and the easiest way is for loan loan forgiveness. So, like I said, it, it's always done. The government they do things that do, that do help people, but in the end, it's always done for them for whatever reason it is. To <laughs> that it, it's just the way it is. Don't ever think the government does something for you because it doesn't. It does it for themselves. That's just the way it is. If it trickles down and helps you, that's great. But it's always done for them, not for you. That's just the way it is. Just like I told everybody during the whole COVID thing, when they kept saying, oh, the stimulus money, the stimulus money. I said, listen, you're in business for yourself. Don't wait for the government to give you money. Don't wait for the government to reimburse you. You got to think about yourself. And I hate saying that. You know, I know a lot of, okay, I, I personally don't feel it was right that the government said you're essential, you're not. I don't think that was right. Okay, I don't think it's right. I, I thought it was ridiculous and terrible, to be honest with you. Because what? So the government can tell me that I can and can't do something, but they can't. But but they're, but I have to wait for the stimulus money. Who the hell is the government? First of all, to tell you who is and non essential, and and who is the and why are we all waiting for the government to to give us money to uh, you know to bail us out? I mean that you know that that's the way the world. You know I know that's the way the world is right now, but especially during COVID. Like, I had many business friends of mine. I'm like, well, what's your plan with COVID? You're going to try to do stuff virtually, remotely? What are you going to try to do? And it was like, oh, well, 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 what we're going to do is, uh, you know, we're, we're going to wait for the COVID stimulus money to come in. Well, yeah, don't wait for the government because the government doesn't do anything that benefits you. They're only doing this so the economy doesn't crash and doesn't make them look bad for an election. Okay? And don't wait. You have to rely on you, not the government, you, because it's the only person you can rely on. Okay, I mean that's just the way it is. Don't wait for the government to come in and help you. And and if they do, just like everything else they do, it's big, it's bloated, it's going to not fail, but it's definitely not going to. Uh, it's going to move slow, or it may never happen at all. I mean that's just the way the government is. And there's so many people during COVID saying, "Oh, well, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna just wait for the stimulus money to come in and stuff like that." And yeah. <laughs> Please don't get me started on that because if, you, if you're in business, you, you should know you can't wait for, you know, the government to help you. You got to help yourself. And that's another thing, too. We have the um, I'm a part of a business group and I and I've actually gotten criticized when, when we have young entrepreneurs that say, you know, you know, what, what are the keys to success? And I always tell them all the time, you know, stay, you know, if you're going to go to school, finish school. OK, go to school for something you can make money at. Don't do drugs. Okay, 
go to higher education if you can, or you think it'll it'll help you make more money. Okay, I mean, kids that go to college do make more than kids that don't go to college. That is a statistical fact. Now, I know statistics, sometimes you can't go by everything in statistics, but that is a, a statistical fact. Okay? And, you know, and, all, and, you know, and then I've said this before, and it, again, I have a friend of mine who she's a, uh, she's actually very democratic, but she actually has always said to me that especially women have a much harder time breaking into any field without any kind of college degree or any kind of higher education. That's just, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's right, but that's just sometimes the way it is. And, you know, I, you know, if you're, you're, and there's no, and I personally have a really big issue with, with women that earn less than men do personally. Because if if, I, if if you were doing the job just as good as I as as I am, and or if we and and if, if you're doing the job, and some women do jobs better than men, and they're making less money, that's ridiculous. We, we in this country, we we definitely have an an equality issue when it comes to those sorts of things, and and I don't think it's right at all. If somebody's doing a job just as good as somebody else, they should get paid more than the next person. Or the same. I mean, I think that's ridiculous, and I've brought this up before. And my friend, literally, she she's in she's in human resources. She's she says all the time. She's told me all these stories, and sometimes I can't even believe them when she tells me that you know how when she, when she says you know when she's doing human resource work that you find out that you know what somebody who you know this person who comes in is is making you know less than the other person they're doing the exact same job. That's ridiculous. It's uncalled for, and it shouldn't be. But like I said, I mean, it's a fortunate the world we live in, but that's why you have to look out. Even with your employer, you have to watch out and look out for yourself. Don't don't worry about your coworkers. I always get annoyed people and they say all the time, oh, I'm worried about my coworkers. Don't worry about your coworkers. Worry about you. Okay? Because you, the only thing you can control in your work environment is you. And if you do a better job than your coworkers, you know, maybe when the layoffs come around, you might stay and they might go. I mean, again, so worry about you. Don't worry about your coworkers. Worry about you. Only you can worry about you. And only you can watch out for you. I've always been very, very big on that. Because at the end of the day, when you stop, when you, stay, you know, if you get laid off or something happens at your job, it doesn't matter how much you look out for your coworkers. You think they're going to loan you money? When you got bills to pay, you think any of them are going to say, oh, yeah, sure, I'll help you out. I'll give you some money. No, they're not going to. You're going to be on your own. So, I mean, that's why I always say when it comes to the government, when it comes to your job, when it comes to any of that stuff, worry about you, not the next person, because that next person is not going to help you out when it comes out, when it comes down to it. That's just the way the world is. You want to know how, how crappy the world is sometimes? Watch when somebody passes away and they need and they need money to bury them. Okay, now a lot of times people do GoFundMe and that stuff works out. Okay, sometimes. Okay, but go to anybody. Most people that are good friends of yours, when it's time to bury you, if you if your family has their hands out for donations for burials, very rarely do people help. Okay, I mean that's what I found. Now, something like I said, sometimes GoFundMe and sometimes people are good and you surround yourself with the right people. Sometimes it does happen, but. <clears throat> Most of the time, I would say by the majority of the time, when somebody passes away, out come the vultures. They, they'll take, but they ain't going to give. So, that, I mean, that's just unfortunately the way it is. That's why you need to look out for you, yourself, your family, and that that's who you need to worry about. Your, like, inner circle. <laughs> 
because let me tell you, there's many people on the outer circle that that ain't gonna, they're not gonna help you. They're not gonna help you financially. They're not gonna help you if you got mouths to feed. Nothing. They're worried about themselves. They may act like, oh, I worry about my coworkers. You only worry about your co, <laughs> you worry about your coworker really? Because if I lose my job, you're gonna give me money tomorrow? No, ain't gonna happen. So that's why I always say, you gotta look out for you. I think it's gonna be the title of the show. Look out for you. <laughs> but again. We're talking about the the government. Let's uh, talk about uh, well. Let's talk about our our former governor uh, Tom Wolf. Who well, I mean, I think I think he did handle COVID well. But <laughs> you want to talk about lock? He, he locks everybody down. Yet his daughter was able to get married, and yet everybody <laughs> when everybody else's weddings got canceled, he his daughter's wedding went on. Imagine that one. And then also too, everybody else we can't okay, get haircuts. But boy, every time he was on TV, he looked well groomed. So don't get me started on that. But let's talk about our other uh, politician here in Pennsylvania, Fetterman. Uh, he's another one that, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. First of all, I didn't want Dr. Oz. I really didn't. I don't like him. He's ran in three different states. He's got no loyalty. He just wants to be in politics. So he's running in every state he can. I bet you he'll run again in another state uh, this coming election. Watch. But uh, Fetterman apparently now is in a, he's been in a, he's been in this mental institute for a while now. Uh, and depression's a horrible thing. I trust me. I know enough about depression, and I've I've suffered with it myself and stuff like that. It, it's you know, it's a lot of people have it in this country, and it's one of those things we don't do enough for in this country. I really do. You know, we we that's one thing. I you don't see many wars on suicide around this country. Let me tell you. And but but anyway, but like I said, by the way, folks, <laughs> I've said this a million times. Look at any of your life insurance policies. Guarantee you, they don't cover suicide. Okay, they wanted to put that in life insurance policy for years. When it got approved, I said that's never coming out. So, like I said, when it comes to he's he's got the he's had a stroke and now he's got depression. Now, I, I do know a lot about strokes and depression. I have, like I said, I've struggled with it myself. Um, strokes. My mom had a lot of strokes. She had depression. Uh, a stroke can actually cause additional pain and depression. That is very a very common problem with strokes. Uh, so if he had depression and now he's having the stroke, uh, you know, it, it's like an addition, like, you know, so he's probably got, you know, it's kind of like a double whammy. He had depression and now the stroke, he's probably got, you know, additional now. But, uh, you know, I guess the other thing, I, other thing too is I'm, I'm wondering at what point, I mean, now they're saying that he's, you know, his, his team meets with him, you know, once a month and he makes decisions and all that kind of stuff from the actual depression place which i don't really understand why that is um you know any other i know maybe it's you know extenuating circumstances but any anybody else goes in for depression you're not allowed to have your 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 company bring work to you and you're allowed to do i mean i i don't understand that i don't think that's healthy for him and i really don't think that's really an intelligent thing to be doing but that's what's happening but apparently now they're saying his wife's not visiting him that much she's been busy with her kids you know, uh, I have I have a problem with that, and I know a lot of people have said, you know, if you know, if, if your spouse was in there or something severe like this, would you not go and see them? Like I said, some places the spouses are not allowed to come and see him. However, for some reason, he's led the people that he works with are allowed to come and bring him work, but his wife can't see him. So I, I don't know if I necessarily buy that. Uh, I think maybe part of the reason why he's depressed, maybe he had this stroke. Um, you know, maybe his marriage is falling apart. That's why he had the stroke. That's why he had depression. Maybe the depression caused the stroke. Who knows? Maybe vice versa. But um, I do think it's very weird. Something is going. Something is not right. And they're definitely not telling us. And you know, I, 
I, I'm wondering at what point do they say that, you know, do do this, do the, I don't know if they're, I was actually looking this up, but I couldn't really find a, an answer on this. And if anybody knows, uh, feel free to reach out to me on, on the show, on the, on Twitter, KB3YUA uh, or Mastodon. Um, you know, so uh, rebelsocial.media is our Mastodon channel where you can sign up. It's free. Come in, hang out with us. We're a great group. But reach out to me because I'd love to know, is there a point where the Senate could say he's unfit? Because like with the president, they can declare the 26th Amendment and say he's mentally unfit to lead. Remember, remember uh, Elizabeth Warren tried that a million times? <laughs> but yet, you know, don't, don't get started on that. That was ridiculous. But I'm wondering, th- this is a case where he may actually not be fit to lead. And would we have a Democratic runoff election? Anybody that voted for him? Because I think they... I think they did this with the governor in California a bunch of years back where he wasn't fit to lead because of a medical issue. And then they had a runoff election with just the people that voted for him to vote in a new um, governor. I don't know if the same thing can happen with a senator because that's at the federal level, not the state level. So I'm actually kind of curious what's going to happen with this and where they're going to go with this and what they're going to do. And and is there a point where they're going to say he's unfit to lead? Uh, is he going to come back? I don't know. Uh, I don't think, like I said, I really don't think it's right that they're bringing him work there. And then just even from a political standpoint, just from a a health standpoint, he's in there to get better. He's not in there to keep working. I mean, I, I don't really agree with that, and I don't understand why they're allowing that, but they are. Uh, but like I said, just like, you know, and, and whatever regards, whatever is falling apart, whether it's his relationship with his family, whether it's his job, whatever, I don't understand what's allowed to bring him work. But and then I don't really understand as to when they when there's a good time to say I know senators just like anybody else, they get sick leaves of that. But when, when is is there a time where they're going to step in and say, hey, he's, he's not able to lead. He's not able to be the senator. He's not. I, I don't know. That's why I'm asking if anybody knows how that works. Uh, reach out to me. I'd be very curious to know. Uh, what that, how that works, what's the timeline on that, who actually jumps in and says that, uh, does he have to resign? I'm just curious what the whole situation is and you know, how, how you go about it and what's the, what happens next. I'd be very, very curious about that. So if anybody knows, uh, please reach out to me and let me know. Cause I'm actually curious. Like I said, I did look it up, but there's not really much definitive answer on that. I think he has to step down. I'm not sure, but I'd be very curious if anybody knows if it's happened in your state and uh, you kind of know what's going on. I appreciate that. One thing I do want to bring up guys, uh, it was like a public service, uh, what that I haven't talked to since I haven't been on in a while. Uh, anybody that's using LastPass. Uh, for password management, I know I've talked to them about them a bunch of times. Um, I'm actually kind of moving off them right now. They've kind of been old and crickety as a password manager. They've been hacked a couple times over the last year or so. Uh, I'm moving over to what they call Bitwarden. It's it's rated as one of the best, uh, most secure. They encrypt your passwords like a, a hundred thousand times. Uh, it's really safe, really secure. They're not a sponsor. Uh, I'm not getting any ad dollars for any of this. But I wanted to bring this up because I've, I've actually said many times you should be using a password manager. And I still believe that as I'm in the cybersecurity industry. But uh, I, I have like literally pulled my endorsement from LastPass. I may go through the old podcast and pull it out because I don't want people using it. Uh, it's really it's just getting to a point right now where they keep getting hacked. They just they're great. I mean, they really were ahead of their time with what they're doing. But it's just like anything else when it gets big and bloated and more than somebody can handle. Uh, it just gets to the point where 
he's just getting to the point with them that they just they can't handle the security thing and and they're not letting I mean they have had uh, well the other problem is too they haven't had any independent security audits either or they they haven't been good anyway and they keep getting exploited so like I said I'm kind of pulling my endorsement of them uh, I've been using Bitwarden it's open source uh, you can get it for free if you don't want to spend money you can get it for free uh, they have the paid version which I use only because I like some of the paid features a little bit better but it is free, it is open source, and the reason why I like it is since it's open source and since it is on HackerOne, uh, they have they they have their code all out there, so anybody can you know see it and pretty much either fork it or can take it and look at it. If they find security vulnerabilities, they can uh, report it to them, and then they they pay them and they patch those vulnerabilities. Like I said, they encrypt their passwords a hundred a hundred thousand times, so it's much safer than LastPass because they do encrypt it more. And like I said, they do have just, uh, just I personally being an open source and being a security person, like the fact that they're, they're unlike LastPass, these guys have had security audits. They publicly divulge their security, um, their, that they've actually had audits. They publicly disclose the audits once they've passed all the holes to prove to you. Uh, LastPass doesn't do that. They said they've been audited, but they never released the audit publicly. Bitwarden does, which I think is really great uh, as a password company to actually do that because it just really shows the people, hey, you know, we're once we patch the holes, we're not afraid to disclose everything to you. Uh, so they do disclose all of those findings. Uh, like I said, they are open source, so their source code is open on GitHub. They do have a hacker one setup, so if uh, you go, if you are somebody that's in the security industry, you go there and you look through their code and say, oh, there's a problem here. This really needs to be fixed. You submit it to them, you get paid for it. So it's a bug bounty program. Uh, they're just doing such a better job at being more being careful with customer security than LastPass is. They're more open than LastPass is. Their code is publicly accessible. LastPass tries to keep everything hidden, you know, security through obscurity, which does not work. And Bitwarden, it's a lot tougher. I mean, in, in a sense of, as far as a product goes, it is a little bit tougher because they do make you put your password in a lot. They do have a lot of little hurdles you have to get over. But, uh, you know, as far as a password manager goes, it definitely is more secure. While it is a pain in the butt a little bit more because some of the, the things you have to do, it is much more secure. Now, moving from LastPass to Bitwarden is not that difficult. Uh, you basically have to go ahead and you can go download the Mac client or the Windows client. You completely export your password library. Uh, and then you just go in right over to Bitwarden, hit import, and it says import from where? You say LastPass, and hit the import button, and that's it. You delete that file off your computer, and then you go in and you reset your LastPass uh, account to default, so it resets everything back to factory, and then you close your account, and that's it. And then all your stuff is in Bitwarden. So uh, I just wanted to bring that up because I know I've said to you guys many times I use LastPass, I use LastPass, but uh, I've, I since then stopped. Bitwarden, it does, it does lack some of the features uh, to a certain degree. I mean, most of them are the same. But I will say this, though, as... As somebody who I'm willing to do things more difficultly if it's more secure, and while Bitwarden at times is kind of a pain in the butt because there is a lot more that has to go into it because of just the way they do it, and there is sometimes little hurdles to get over, it, it definitely is much more secure. And like a lot, like a couple people, like I you know my wife was messing with the other day, and she's like, 
why do I have to put my password in so many freaking times? And I'm like, because they're securing your, you know, they're, they're, it's the way they secure it. If you don't, you have to log in so often. So if you walk away from your computer, it locks it. So not your computer, but locks the password vault so nobody can just walk up and steal your passwords. Uh, you want to do autofill, you have to click on it. It doesn't autofill, you have to click it. And then it says, are you sure? Yes. This way you don't autofill a password where you don't want to. I mean, they're not, not big things, but little things enough that should be that way so it's more secure. So I just wanted to let everybody know that that's listening, that if you are somebody who has listened to my endorsements and has said, oh, I want to use LastPass, that's what I use. Uh, I am using Bitwarden now. I would recommend you get off LastPass and go to Bitwarden. If you are going to stay on LastPass, uh, I would say definitely reset your master password. And I would suggest resetting some of the other passwords that you use. And uh, if you are going to stay on it, like I said, use it at your own risk. I'm not really happy with them, the way they're handling things, the way they're responding to things, the way they're keeping everything hush-hush. Uh, I'm just not happy. So I just want to let you guys know that I haven't been on the air in a while. But, uh, you know, I did want to tell you guys that uh, first, not first thing, but a couple things in. So this way you could, you know, uh, if you want to get off it. And if you have any questions, like I said, reach out to me, uh, you know, on Twitter or on my Mastodon instance. And I can go ahead and answer any questions you have. Any security questions, anything you have, please feel free to tell me. I want to help you guys stay safe and secure as possible and uh, do what I can. I know we're not a security podcast, and I don't really plan on doing a security podcast because I like doing the podcast I do now. But I try to sneak this stuff in there when I can. It's important. And uh, just try to kind of give you guys a, a public service of what's going on. So I am going to wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you very much.